Crest. I'm Chris. And I'm James. And we are switching things up for you a little bit. We're going to switch the news episodes, which usually come out on Monday. Right. And they're going to come out on Friday at and the end of the week. Recapping feature episodes will come out on Monday. Right. So we're just basically going to do the news of the week on Friday. That way we can record both episodes on Thursday. Not only that, you get the recap of the news that week at the end of the week, yeah, which yeah, kind of yeah. makes sense. It does. It kind of makes sense. So welcome to uh, welcome to the news episode. We've got some updates on our cars for you, um, especially mine. There's some. Yeah. What's going on, Chris? Uh, well, why don't we talk about uh, Patreon first? Yes. If you're bored and you're quarantined and you need something to do to listen to, Head over to patreon.com slash overcrest. We have a whole back catalog of exclusive episodes just for our Patreon members. And dare I say, some of them are better than our normal content. Yeah, there's, we it's put a lot of effort very high those. quality. Um, you can also get merch, you know, included with your, with your Patreon subscription shirts, stickers, that artwork, prints from me, photography prints. I don't sell prints. It's really one of the only ways to get one. You have a lot of people asking me all the time. I always say no. Or I say, hey, go sign up for Patreon. <laughs> I'll, I'll get you one. Yeah. Um, anyway, patreon.com slash overcrest. Support the show. It's only five bucks. And you get That's tons right. of exclusive episodes. All right. So I did uh, the door Sega. Saga. Sega? Saga. Sega's Sega. A, uh, <laughs> the door Saga uh-huh. continues. I got a text message today with some pictures of my, I'm guessing the, I think the driver's side door is done. That was last week. So when did you drop the 911 off? I don't know. I bet our listeners probably know because I talked about it. It's been a while. It. It's been a couple months, I think, okay. or at least a month and a half, um, which when I dropped it off, I said, hey, I was tr- I'm trying to be like the nice customer, <laughs> and I've been thanked for my patience several times. I'm just like, hey, you know what? Take your time. It's not a big deal. I don't need the car. <laughs> and now I'm to the point where I'm like, I need the car. Like my, right. my, so my emotional well-being. You have, a, you have well-being, a text exchange here. I need the car. So the last week they were working on the driver's side door. Right. Which they've got to fit pretty nice. Yep. You know, they got the door gaps good. Everything looks really nice on the driver's side door. Um, I got a text message today. It is Thursday, which ironically last week we talked about getting some text messages, messages on the car on the exact same day. It says. Uh, so you said. I said, well, he sent me some pictures of the door, which was. Um, not great. I mean, there's it's same as you the, saw the rust, rust, and, and there's it, there's a ton of filler on it. Sure, and the the catch where um the door catch. Yep, uh, not the one, not the latch, the catch up by the right. Hinge. So it doesn't swing all the way back on itself. Exactly, that's kind of messed up. It's missing some parts, and it's doesn't look great in there. And then of course the bottom of the door is is destroyed, just like okay. the other side, just rusty. And I said he sent me some pictures. I said I said right on, hoping to get it home by the end of next week. What do you think? Now, and- I want to put the carburetors on. You know, yep. Alex was going to come up, and we're going to do a little bit of filming on putting the carburetors on, just, you know, to have some stuff for later film work of, you know, working on the car in the garage to sure. mix with other film stuff that we're doing. And he responds, sorry, dot, dot, dot. We'll have over a week into just fixing this door. We are a long ways away at this point. Oh, somebody kill me, please. <laughs> somebody kill me. just like you'll probably get it back just in time for the first snow and salting of the roads uh, no it'll be back before then and i'm i'm not super upset about it yeah i just i'm 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 restless you're anxious about it i'm restless i'm not anxious i'm just restless i want to work on the car i want to put the carburetors on i want to drive it i haven't driven it since this is the problem with being in minnesota i haven't driven the car or really even sat in it since november when i started cutting it apart with you 
Yeah. Or maybe we did that in December. I don't know. Whatever. It's it been a while. It's been a while. It's been over six months, probably. November, December, January, February, March, April, May, June. It's been seven months, seven or eight months since I've driven that car. It's ridiculous. Why do I live here? This is a, I don't oh, understand. <laughs> it's just, it's anyway. So the Doors saga continues. Um, honestly, he was like, oh, we got to fix this. We got to fix it. I'm like, dude, it's not going to the state fair. Okay. <laughs> We're not trying to win any ribbons with this car. The it's, state fair? Just like, well, yeah, you bring your prized cow to the state fair <laughs> and you say, hey, here's my prized cow. It looks really good, right? And they go, yeah, sure. It looks awesome. And they give you a ribbon. <laughs> I don't need a ribbon. I just need to drive the car. You know, it's uh-huh. it's it's like I'm my car is like the cows that don't go to the state fair that somebody just like uh, they go to the roadie and they just run around and try and kill people. That's what my car should be. It doesn't need to be something that's Does that make perfect. my car, which I drove today, is that like the car that's in the field rolling in manure but still having a great time? That's called a pig. It's <laughs> <laughs> called a pig, dirty pig. Uh, I don't know, man. It's just I need it back. I miss it. He's putting all this time in the store. I'm like, you know what, man? Just in my head, in my head, I didn't say this. I'm like, just make it look nice. Yeah, You know, I don't give a shit about, he's like, well, we want to fix this so the other guy's shins don't get hurt when he's getting into the car. I'm like, I don't give a shit about this other guy. It's the passenger door. (laughs) Who cares? Fuck that guy. Wait, I don't get it. Why would it hurt his shins? Because it doesn't hold itself open properly. It just kind of like slides shut. And it kind of does. Like, I remember it doing that. That's fine. I don't care. It's been 60,000 miles. It's been like this. I don't care. It's funny because I replaced the door stays on my car. Because they were just non-existent. They yeah, were flapping they in the work. wind. They're like 50 bucks. It's not a big deal. Right. It's not a big deal. But these new ones were so strong, like the resistance, that I went to shut my doors. And now it like completely just bent the metal through on the door itself. That's because you didn't. There's reinforcement panels. I put reinforcement plates on it. You did? Yeah. Oh, it good. just took it right with the reinforcement plates. So I need to redo that. Yeah. I might well, just do the check straps. You know what I mean? So right. instead of the full, like, where it has the little indent divots where it holds open. It's just a lever, I just, just want, like a nylon strap or something yeah, like or that. Or I might use the actual lever, but just make it as a check strap. Right. Yeah, I don't know. Whatever. It's just, Regardless. I don't care. I just, just make it look nice, put it together. But that's not what they do. That's why I took it to the, uh-huh. to the shop is because they don't just go, well, we're just going to make this nice and put it together. That's not what they do, which is why I took it there in the first place. And now I'm like, <laughs> oh, my God, just make it look nice so I can have it back. I use it. Ah, you know, it's. Let's move on. What, what about you? What's so going on with I, your car? My S3, the Audi S3 is sold for the third time. Okay. Third time sold. Well, hey, is this the third deposit you've gotten? Yes. <laughs> okay. Okay. So you're making money trying to sell the car. That's More great. or less. That's no, better well, than I'm doing. The wagon has had zero inquiries on it whatsoever. Yeah. So I'm just waiting for the check to clear on this and it'll be gone probably tomorrow. And I know local exactly. Or, or yep. No, it's local. Okay. Yep. I know exactly what to get to replace it. Yeah. A yellow, uh, canary yellow Porsche. Nope. Speed yellow. No. Nope. What's the color? A 1987 Chrysler LeBaron Turbo Convertible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. First of all, hold on. The reason for selling the S3 was... We didn't want a car payment. No, no, no. no, no, no. All, I, I, right. We, it's, it's I, it's she... It wasn't a special <laughs> car. It wasn't right. compared to the S4. That yeah. was really the reason. If it would have been, if it was something she loved, right. and if she felt really special about it, the car payment would have been... You would have, it, it would have, yeah. It was the whole like, uh, 
contentment to money going out of the wallet ratio. Right. right. So yeah, it's like we wouldn't so mind spending that much like, money. You want the least amount of money going out of the wallet? Is you think that's going to somehow justify a LeBaron? <laughs> no, your you wife know is going to drive her out in a LeBaron? Are you nuts? <laughs> no. There's no way that she's going to put up with this. None. Hear me None. out, Chris. Hear me out. I went out to, you know, what do you do in Woodbury? To your divorce attorney. Yes, exactly. <laughs> no, I went out to a patio to have a beer this weekend. It was so nice to actually get out, right? And yeah. sit outside with people. And so I, I drove the 911 and I parked in a spot where you can see it from where you're sitting out on the patio. Yep. And next to it is this white 80s LeBaron with the top down. And I don't know if it was a turbo, but it should have been. Right. right? Okay. Let's pretend it turbo. was. Yeah. And all of a sudden these kids go over with their phones out and I think they're taking pictures of my car. Nope. Went right by it to the LeBaron. Oh. Just sitting there taking all these photos. They must be, a, that, that's some Radwood stuff right there. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and I was like, what the hell? <laughs> wow. That's so, so because you didn't get the, uh, I didn't get the, the attention. From the kids, you're, right. I'm I, obviously just going to, I look forward to being. Uh, why don't you record that situ- that conversation with Nikki? Hey, the kids are gonna, <laughs> kids are going to take gonna pictures it. of it. They're going to love it. They're going to love gonna, it. <laughs> no chance. To get that eighties like crushed velour interior. Yeah, I mean they're cool, but there's zero percent chance your bride is going to be okay with yeah, this. I would like good. to see you try. <laughs> I want to hear. Well, does she listen to the podcast? Yeah. No, so okay, not so religiously. Pretend it's pretend it's for real. Pretend you show her and be like, I put a deposit down, <laughs> and then record it, and we'll see how it goes. Oh. Just like leave your phone on record in your pocket and go through the whole motions of. And I want I'm interested in hearing how that works out. Okay, so do you remember those um, Harbor Freight jack stands? Yeah, the ones that would kill you. They would basically kill you, right? They, I mean, they were breaking, and so uh, if I remember, it was when you lift them up or put a car on them the with catch weight, wouldn't. the pawl or the catch basically would not hold the weight, right? And it, and it would just slam down, right. which is incredibly dangerous because cars weigh thousands of pounds, right? And you can't and usually w- the only pr- reason you're putting them up on jack stands is so you can get underneath them, right? Exactly. I asked my wife, I said, hey, she's super into true crime. Like <laughs> okay. super into true crime and murder and all this other stuff. She's listening to it constantly. So she's got to be a professional on how she would murder somebody. Sure, yeah. I go, how would you murder me? Uh-huh. She's like, oh, easy. I just push your car off the jack stands. <laughs> and it was it was like she, she already had, knew. Oh, she had been thinking She'd about been thinking, it. Now all she has to do is buy me a set of these. Anyway, so um, this is via drive. Okay. Uh, Mike Golly, I guess he got a hold of Drive to uh, let him know about this, was about to do some maintenance work on his Volkswagen Golf using the replacements he got for his recalled Harbor Freight Jack stands. Okay, so these are the new stands that are not recalled. You take your old ones back to Harbor Freight. They go, oh, we're sorry. We almost killed you. And then they give you you these ones instead. Um, As soon as the full weight of the car was lowered onto the stands, he heard a loud pop from the base of one jack stand, which was it splitting apart. Now, now you can see this photo here. and I I should post this photo. When I first saw this photo, I thought it was some chicken latex pants with the zipper (laughs) up the back. It's like the most ridiculous photo of a jack stand I've ever seen. But uh, so it split right up the uh, right up the weld. Yeah, so it, and it, it's, to me, it doesn't make sense why there's a weld right there in the first place. I know. Um, he says, quote, not sure how a three-ton jack stand can't handle the weight of a Volkswagen Golf. It was the first time using them as well as after having swapped them out from the previous uh, recall. Uh, but I have a question. Okay. Why is anyone trusting their life mm-hmm. under a two-ton vehicle while you're crawling around, you're yanking on stuff with wrenches to something made in China from Harbor Freight? Everything at Harbor Freight is the lowest common denominator of tools. I, I can answer that question. It's because a jack stand seems 
foolproof. Like, yes, I know it's cheap, but how can you screw this up? Like, how can this fail? Now, this this would have been the logic. Chinese steel is notoriously crap. Okay, this would have been the logic before, obviously, the recall happened, right? You can see the justification of, well, it's just a stand. Like, how can this fail? Because it's from China, and it is from Harbor Freight. Harbor Freight is... Like I said, it's the lowest common denominator of tool. Everything is as cheap as it can possibly be. And that's why we kind of like Harbor Freight, because you can go in there, you can buy things that maybe you only need to use once, right? That's why people do it, right? (laughs) Disposable tools. Disposable tools. I mean, sockets. I've broken sockets. I've broken ratchets. It's all crap. Everybody everybody knows. Oh, yeah. It's It's, all garbage. So why are you buying something? It doesn't make any sense when you can spend maybe $5 more. You can get some Napa brand ones, you know, which are probably also made in China. Okay, a lot of jack stands yes. are made in China, but the, the Harbor Freight stuff is the bottom of the barrel for, for tools. Sure. Buy the best tools you can afford. Always just yeah. buy good tools. Stop buying things twice. <laughs> Stop. I don't understand. The only stay out of Harbor Freight. Generally. The only tool I have that's Harbor Freight still because I've had number over the years the only thing i still have that's harbor freight is a little like uh desk that's arbor press it's an arbor press right i wouldn't even do it well what's gonna happen it's gonna bend or something well you'll be arbor pressing something it's gonna bend or tweak and the thing will pop out of there and hit you in the neck and kill you (laughs) 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 it's it's likely it's highly likely well there you go the materials so the thing with china is you own a company Uh uh-huh China will make it to whatever quality you want. Sure. So not everything made in China is junk, okay? They will make whatever quality you want. Lots of very nice things are made in China, Uh unfortunately. Right. But that's just the way it is. Harbor Freight says, make me the cheapest thing that's humanly possible. We need it to be extremely cheap because everybody that shops here is extremely lame. Stop (laughs) shopping at Harbor Freight unless it's something you're only going to use once. Stuff like jack stands, you're going to use them a lot. Uh-huh. So buy some nice ones. I myself have um, Esco jack stands. Now Never heard of them. Okay, so a lot of cars, when you have the jack stand, you have like the little cup, right? It's got the the little standing thing. It's got the little thing where it'll go either on the frame rail or you can put them on control arms or wherever you want to put them. The Esco jack stands that I have are, um, it's a four, it's got four base, four spots on the base. Uh-huh. It's got a cylinder that comes out with a pin. Yep. It's got a pin that you push all the way through. It's not like a little lever that goes up right. and down. It's a pin that goes all the way through with a cotter pin on the other side. Okay, so it doesn't so come out. So these things lock. They lock. And it's got a rubber pad on the top, just like a hoist has, right. essentially. And you can put them anywhere on the bottom of the car. And it doesn't, that's nice. It doesn't damage anything. It's probably not going to break because it's a name <laughs> brand that's a little higher quality. I use it on my 911 because I didn't want, because I had to take the whole suspension apart. Right. So I can't use. Oh, yeah. Where are you going to put a jack stand? Where are you going to put a jack stand? So yeah. I've got regular jack stands too, but these have been absolutely great. Um, obviously not a sponsor of the podcast, but Esco 10 498 jack stands. They're not the cheapest jack stands. I have Torin Big Reds. That's probably fine. Those are from Northern. You know, right. they're they're big. I remember <laughs> why you have those. Please tell us why you have Torin well, Big Red Nice Jack Stands. Well, I had two nice jack stands. No, you did not. Yes, I did. No, you didn't. Well, no, they didn't, were Torin Jack Stands. But but they didn't go, go that high tall. Enough. So you were using these Torin Jack Stands at the maximum height yeah. to work on your car. And I walked up and I touched your car with my finger and pushed on it. <laughs> and, and the it whole just thing started just started swaying, swaying back and forth. <laughs> 
And I'm like, dude, we are and leaving. What did, no, what did I do? I go, that's yeah, fine. <laughs> I forced you into your truck to drive to the parts store to buy some decent jack stands. Yep. You have to have decent jack stands. It's so important because here's the deal. If something that weighs 2,000 pounds or 4,000 pounds falls on you, you are going to die. I'm okay? pretty strong, Chris. You will not be able to breathe. <laughs> and despite the claims that someone with adrenaline is going to pick up a car so you can crawl out, it's not going to happen. Oh, that's sad. On that note, on to our next story. Chris, do you know what Copart is? Yeah, it's uh, Copart is basically, it's a salvage yard, and they disassemble yes. cars, and they yes. put all the parts on the shelf, and you can go buy them. Yep, like, you if can, you go on uh, car-part.com, right. a lot of that is Copart it's from facilities. Copart. Yep, they also auction off complete vehicles that are wrecked, and they are currently selling a wrecked 2020 C8 mid-engine Corvette. Is it the first one on Copart? Is this the, the first? It might be. So, images published by Copart suggest that this thing was wrecked badly. So images published by Copart suggest this Corvette was driven straight on into something tall, sturdy, and quote, relatively round. We're betting a tree. Oof. The front end is absolutely destroyed. Airbags went off. Passenger side is banged up. The rear wing is broken. But here's what's so crazy about this. They're estimating this thing will sell at auction for nearly 50 grand more than a brand new model. Here's why. Someone is going to take this drivetrain and they're going to build something for SEMA with it because they're going to be first to it. They're going to be the first with this drivetrain so, okay, no, and something after that doesn't make sense. Thought. You could go to a dealer and buy a brand new one for 50 grand cheaper and then just dismantle that. No, here's why. This Corvette was manufactured in January of 2020, meaning it's one of the first cars off the line. And its build date is actually quite confusing because Corvette announced that production started on February 3rd. So this is a bunch of dorks. Yes. That are going, oh, this is one of the first. To tw- not yeah. only is it first, this, this is car, one of the first cars that ever came out. That's yes. not actually a Corvette because it's mid-engine. <laughs> <laughs> this is a pre-production model allegedly made as dealer demonstrator before the company started building customer-ordered cars. One of one in this model in color with this uh, <laughs> color brake pedal sold in February or January instead yeah, of February. Yeah. yeah, Chris. So a new C8 vet starts at 60 grand while the mid-range 2LT model which this was cost closer to 75 grand. This smashed up vet is estimated to sell for over $107,000. So you're going to have a salvage title Corvette just so you can have one. I don't this get it. This is so stupid. Granted, it's all speculation. We It hasn't sold yet. This for is this. exactly when you watch Meekum or Barrett Jackson and stuff. This Corvette model is uh, it's lime green with uh, gray <laughs> piping on the seats. This is the only one that's like this. Uh, let's start bidding at $150 million. <laughs> All right, Chris, moving right along. So like many places around the country, North Carolina is still in what they're calling phase two of coronavirus restrictions lifting, which means no large crowds. I thought that said no large crows because that's what it says. I was imagining. (laughs) I was like, oh my God, how big are the crows in North Carolina? They're not allowing the big crows out yet. No, no large crowds. However, the owners of Ace Speedway in North Carolina decided they couldn't wait for the state to give the all clear order. So over Memorial Day weekend, the half mile over track held its 2020 season opener with more than 2000 fans packing into the bleachers. Now, let's be clear. These, this is a huge fine in most places if you violate the quarantine. Yes. Owner Robert Turner had this to say, quote, when I can't run my business and I can't go to my job and make a full paycheck, 
I'm already in jail. Wait, what does that mean? He's what's he, <laughs> what, is, what is he surmising he's so going to have to do? So getting behind bars does not scare me. So basically he's saying, well, if I can't work, I'm going to rob a bank. Is that basically what I'm <laughs> I reading? I don't know. As? Okay. I don't know. Turner told the Times News, quote, people are not scared of something. They ain't killing nobody. It might kill 0.03%, but we deal with more than that every day. And I'm not buying it no more. <laughs> <laughs> a fan told ABC 11, quote, we are out here because we are tired of being stuck in the house. We are not afraid of the virus one bit. All right. So judging by your accent, I'm presuming that you think everybody that is at the uh, North Carolina Speedway it, has a North Carolina accent. Okay. Yes. So yes, they're I all do. rednecks is what you're saying. I'm, Chris, it's an accent. That's your judgment call on what that means. <laughs> okay, go ahead. The situation led to a standoff between the governor's office and the county sheriff who said he wouldn't cite or fine the track because he believed the stay-at-home order and social distancing measures are unconstitutional. In a statement issued before this season over, he wrote, quote, When I took my oath of office, I swore up hold the United States Constitution. I will not enforce an unconstitutional law. Upon hearing the opening of the county attorney opinion of the county attorney i do not intend to stop a speedway from opening on saturday holding a quote unity rally with racing unity a, oh i like a that. sign at the track announced this event is held in peaceful protest of the injustice and inequity <laughs> everywhere well that's pretty much it if you've looked around the country you've seen that everybody's been protesting by the tens of thousands i think they figured hey and, it's uh, a protest so it doesn't matter Sheriff Johnson told the Winston-Salem Journal, quote, from my understanding, they were going to have the pace car go around asking for unity of our nation for what is going on. And by doing that, to me, that gives them the First Amendment right to protest peacefully. Well, good for them for finding a loophole around all the, the <laughs> chaos and madness. <laughs> yes. All right, so uh, Chrysler has recalled some vans due to them catching fire. That's not good. These are the Chrysler Pacificas. Um, the advice comes from a recall announced this week. Bear with me. This is There's a point to this. That involves 27,000 Chrysler Pacifica hybrids, uh, 2017 to 2020, due to a faulty 12-volt battery connection. Now, this is a hybrid, so I don't know. Um, I think these batteries are underneath the, the stow-and-go in the rear seats. Okay. Uh, it's called a... There's the, the loose connection has caused a small number of fires, including one in Minnesota and the rest in Canada. What is it with us up here? It's the, the only <laughs> is the, it the cold weather that's causing it? <laughs> I don't know. Chrysler said there was only one minor injury tied to the issue. Initially, the recall notices will advise customers to have their vehicles inspected by a dealer. If there's evidence of corrosion, the dealer will hold the vehicle and the customer will be provided with a free loaner. Subject to the re results of ongoing tests by who cares, blah, 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 blah. Okay, so you got they're going to you know do a recall. Well, my, my question so far on what you've said is there's only one minor injury being caused by what are essentially fires. These it doesn't cars matter. Catching Everybody's, fire. Everybody with recalls now is, if right. they find one problem, they're No, no, just, no, I get that. I get that. What is a minor injury caused by a giant fire? <laughs> yeah, That's my question. Well, they got out early. Right. Did they, they trip on the way out they got and out sprain their ankle? Or? In the interim, FCA recommends, out of abundance of caution, that customers avoid parking their vehicles inside buildings or structures. <laughs> In addition, FCA advises customers not to park near other vehicles or place wet items or liquids that may spill in the second row seating area. <laughs> so I'm guessing snotty little Bobby. I was going to say, no sippy cups. 
spilled his milk down the thing. It leaked into the batteries and uh, set the whole car on fire. That happened one time. Wow. And then, but here's the question. Where are you supposed to park your car? Like in the middle of a field? <laughs> you can't park it in a parking garage. And you can't park it you can't next park it to any house. other cars. You can't park it near any cars because the thing is going to burn So you can't park it on the street. You can't park it anywhere. You just have to leave it <laughs> on the top of a parking ramp alone <laughs> and then walk home. Which, yeah, I, I'm going to avoid parking next to Pacifica's now. Yeah, I'll just avoid they those might things just altogether. start on fire. <laughs> All right, so, Chris, you remember Carlos Gosen. I know this. We keep, this guy's we name keep coming keeps back coming to back because it's just so So what ridiculous. do you know or remember about him? Well, he what, basically was dodging uh, taxes in Japan, right. and then he packed himself into a piano box. <laughs> it was a cello case. A cello case. Which is insane. <laughs> and sent himself to another country for asylum, basically. Yeah, I think it was, it was either Lebanon or somewhere around yes, there. Yes, his home country, so, wherever his home country well, is. here's the deal. Internal what correspondence. Think, here's a question. What? what do you think he had for snacks in there? What do you think he had? Ooh, you're coming from Japan going to the I mean, Middle it's got to be. Do you think he stayed in the box the whole time? I don't. You think he got out of the box? Do you I, think he's in the hole of the ship? I think, like, did no, you think I he, think it was like a <laughs> private jet, Chris. And so they just like loaded this cello case on. And then as soon as they're in the air, he's like, oh, Ta-da! I was just imagining somebody with a screwdriver poking a bunch of holes in the box. <laughs> like you do when you catch like a mouse or something as a kid, you just poke a bunch of holes in the box and then you just like start feeding it through the holes. I'm just imagining them like so sticking, they're tossing Cheerios in there. Yeah, like Cheerios and corn nuts and beef jerky, just like sliding them through the holes. Here you go, Carlos. <laughs> Here's a straw. And sipping juice through the holes in the side like of the cardboard it. box. Well, here's why we're talking about it. it turns out Carlos Gosen may have been set up. Internal correspondence from within Nissan gives some credence to Carlos Gosen's claims that he was set up. Nissan has claimed that it ousted Gosen due to financial transgressions, like you said, basically avoiding taxes. However, documents reveal top executives from the automaker led a campaign to dethrone Gosen from his role. I see. Bloomberg reports that senior managers at Nissan expressed their concerns about Gosen's pledge in early 2018 to strengthen the alliance between Nissan and Renault and to make it irreversible. The man who ran Nissan Chief Executive's office initially told senior managers at Nissan that Nissan should act to, quote, neutralize Gosen's initiatives before it's too late. Furthermore, the day, and also I didn't know, this but I didn't a, put this. This sounds a, a lot like the Trump impeachment, to be honest. <laughs> well, here, I didn't also put it in the notes, but that same guy who told everyone to neutralize Gosen, he was the first to raise his hand and say, hey, I'll, I'll testify against him. No worries. I'll do that. I'll do it right now. Right, right, right now. Where's the whistle? I can blow. I'm ready. <laughs> Furthermore, the day before Gosen was arrested on a private jet at Tokyo's airport, uh, this same guy circulated a memo to the then chief executive calling for the termination of the agreement Wait, governing the alliance. Is, his name is Nada? Yes. How would you like your name to mean nothing? Nada. 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 So before Gosen fled, he's basically calling for him to be terminated and the agreement governing the alliance so with Renault. So there's a conspiracy Renault. to get rid of him. Yes. Ongoing because they didn't like the plans. Right. He also pushed for Nissan's ability to abolish Renault's right to nominate Nissan's chief operating executive or other more senior positions. So basically, regardless of whether there was wrongdoing by Gosen, there's definitely people so behind be, the scenes trying to get ousted. Is he still going to be extradited to Japan? It or is depends. this going to be kind of throw a wrench in Because if there's doubt that he's guilty, I mean, wherever he is kind of has mm. like this moral obligation to not send them back. Yeah, he but have remember, like a, the country needs financial Oh, that's right. Backing. They need a bunch of money. 
yeah. which Japan is the primary backer of this fund. So I don't think they care. Uh, so do you uh, remember what the turbos in F1 for Mercedes were like? They're basically an electric turbo that can That's harvest. Right. It harvests energy to charge the battery it, for the. Yeah. So it's basically a hybrid on a turbo. Right. So they we've already known that they've had plans to install an electric turbocharger in uh, the F1 powered cars. But the brand announced that it was now going to be putting this tech in next generation vehicles too. So their current M139 turbo two liter makes like 200 horsepower per liter, which is. So this is what's in the AMG CLA, I believe. Okay. So that's 200 horsepower per liter, which is like. Super Holy impressive. shit, you know, that's really, really crazy. But there's a legitimate chance that the 2-liter with this new turbo could make 225 horsepower per liter or more. So that's, uh, what is that, a 12% increase or something like that? Yeah. That's a lot of it's extra power, especially sure. when you're at the the engineering tier that we're at where <laughs> there's like, not much there, more. Yeah, usually it's diminishing I returns. mean, you've been squeezing that lemon as hard as you possibly can there's forever. There's not much there's, juice you can get back out. Left, but they're still, they're still trying. Um, so what is an e-turbo? E so basically it's the, the common shaft on which the exhaust turbine spins. The compressor also carries an electric motor. Right. So this motor is uh, 1.6 inches. That's it. It's very, very small. It's 48 volts and sits between the compressor and the turbine, like yep. right, Usually right in the middle. Usually where, like, Hot your, side and cold side. your journal right bearings are right there. Right. So it's still water-cooled. So okay. it still has water cooling. It's, uh, I think it's really cool that Garrett is doing stuff like this. So this will uh, eliminate turbo lag. Gone. None. Zero turbo lag. None. You're just it, always on boost. And if you're off boost, it's charging your hybrid system. Oh wow! Right, so it's kind of a, it's like regenerative braking, but yep. for your for your turbocharger. But here here's the thing: what when you ha when you go to pick out a turbo for your car, if you want the most amount of power, what do you get? The biggest turbo. But what's the problem with the biggest turbo? Then you get lag. But guess what? <laughs> now you can have. Now we're gonna have these massive turbochargers on just like a 1.8 whatever yeah yeah exactly so you're gonna have these massive like a garrett just garrett ginormous right yeah, you're gonna the, put a garrett, just call it the ginormous the, now the garrett ginormous e-version is you can here's the problem are you gonna be able to somehow get one of these on an aftermarket car oh yeah and just put like a 48 volt battery it'll be like nitrous right you can have a button where you can switch on the no well here's the problem chris you're assuming that more boost equals more power there's some point where you just can't put more boost into an engine Says so who? <laughs> <laughs> Says connecting rods. <laughs> All right, so I'm looking. I'm looking forward to that. That's good. you know, it's cool to see the, like the just the little bitty steps that we're still making. Yeah, it's cool to get excited about it and having 225 horsepower per liter on an engine. And it's in a insane. two liter, and so that means listen to this. Here, guess guess what? What the 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 displacement stuff that they're doing, where you have to have oh, these right. big displacement engines. Now we're gonna have these six liter V8s with the Garrett E ginormous, <laughs> making four thousand so horsepower. So two hundred horsepower per liter on an, on a six liter. We're gonna have twelve hundred horsepower. Boom. Turbo motors done. done. Plus, <laughs> plus what? you're gonna have. Uh, they're already hybrid, so you're gonna have electric motors with a twelve hundred horsepower uh, Garrett ginormous engine. Uh -huh. It's gonna be great. I mean, I it's cool. It's too much. But hey, we're making some sort of little progress. I have to be happy with it. <laughs> All right. So, Chris, Ford has delayed the unveiling of the new Bronco, right? Due to the coronavirus. This thing is this thing has been dragged along. Exactly. Forever. Yes. Just come out with it already. Well, just pick a date. They did. So they just announced that the model will finally be unveiled on July 9th. Okay, so that's not far along. Someone figured out though that that date just so happens to coincide with OJ Simpson's birthday. <laughs> 
You think, there's no way this was intentional. No, it's but not. Do you think they'll change it? No, I know. This is amazing. So, yeah, as everyone knows, Simpson drove the Bronco while trying to elude the police after the death of his ex-wife and her friend Ron. And do you think OJ's going to buy one? I think they need to give him a white one. Oh, no. I just don't think the publicity <laughs> yeah. there would be any good. An just estimated... Hey, check out the glove box on this thing. <laughs> It's perfect. Open yeah, it the up. gloves are too small, though, for <laughs> some reason. They don't fit in the glove box. There's just no, no room. Yeah. So an estimated 95 million people watched that car chase live on TV. That's nuts. Now, like you said, I don't think Ford did this intentionally because if they really wanted to make an impact, they would have released it on the anniversary of the actual chase, not his birthday. Right. That would have been much better. However, ironically enough, Ford had just asked fans on social media to recount their favorite memories of Ford's <laughs> old Bronco. That I mean, is, did anybody say anything except no, OJ? Yeah, unsurprisingly, everyone mentioned OJ Simpson <laughs> and the chase. So while the Bronco will be unveiled in less than a month, we've already July seen- 9th, yep many undisguised photos. So the model will feature a somewhat retro design with circular headlights, bulging fenders, flares, and kind of that slab-sided bodywork. Yeah, anything, anytime you have bulging fenders or slab-sided bodywork, I'm down. I mean, that's all it takes well, for me. The SUV is basically, it's going to resemble a Wrangler. Sure. Like, remember when we yeah, saw photos so of this? I'm so tired of the Wrangler. I'm just, okay, there well, is another Wrangler. Looking a Ford at Wrangler. <laughs> No, I do you remember we we legit went over this. Yeah, we yeah, were yeah. looking at a photo on the podcast and you thought it was a Wrangler. I know, but that's like but but it has a very specific purpose. That's like saying, well, there's another sedan just because it has four doors, it looks like another sedan. At least there's an alternative. Yeah. Because the Wrangler has been the Wrangler forever. And without some kind of competition, the Wrangler has stagnated. Yeah. It's just kind of like, oh, there's Yes and no. The new another. gen Wrangler is actually very different and quite good. Debatable. Okay, uh, this uh, Bronco will also have Not a removable... Not debatable that it's good. Obviously, it's good. It's always been good at what it does. Right. It just doesn't feel like anything revolutionary is happening. And that's never going to happen unless the Ford Wrangler comes out and pushes yeah, the Ford Wrangler pushes the envelope <laughs> a little bit. So this will also the Ford Wrangler will also have a removal roof and will come out in a two and four door model. Two door model. That's great. The two door Broncos were always cool. Yeah, but. Just like a Wrangler, two-door and four-door. Um, the model will go head-to-head -head with the Rubicon Wrangler. Also, two-door, four-door Blazers. You could get a two-door Blazer that, back in the see, day. See, Blazers would be cool. Yeah. Uh, the Bronco will be powered by two different engines. The entry-level unit will be a 2.3-liter EcoBoost four-cylinder with 270 horse. And there could also be the 2.7-liter EcoBoost V6, which makes 325 horse. Recent photos have also confirmed the Bronco will be available with a seven-speed manual. Seven. Why did? Well, I guess if you're having really short, maybe first and second gear so are really short. They said it's a traditional six speed with a first gear crawler, like granny gear. Okay, so you can just like pop it over and go down. Exactly. Well, that's cool. Yeah. Are you, are you interested in one? Um. Yeah, I'd be interested. I probably want to buy they one. I don't know. They've got to be like 50, 60. Well, grand. yeah, it's Wranglers are that much. It's just nuts. Are they really? You can get them equipped that much. Absolutely. Wow. I just when I whenever I get in anything like this, I just the knobs and switches. You know, you push on the dashboard and it still creaks. <laughs> I like, can't. My Mercedes 190E, which isn't meant to do anything except drive around and like carry people around like a taxi cab, doesn't do that. No, I know. And why do new cars have to do that? I know. Is it a weight thing? 
Mm-hmm. Is it because these things have gotten so heavy with the the crash structure and the airbags and everything else? They're just like, well, to achieve this fuel economy, we're going to have to make this whole dash out of plastic. <laughs> I don't know. I, it's just it's funny. That reminds me the second guy who bought the S3. He was, I was telling him about the car. I was like, oh yeah, this says, you know, the um, resonator factory delete. And he goes, that's cool. It's too bad they don't have the factory um, center council creek delete. Oh, <laughs> I was burn. Like, what? He goes, everyone I've been in, the center of Collinsville Creek. So I was like, oh, I never noticed that. Speaking but. of lightweight, um, yes. we're about to say goodbye to Lotus. What? In that regard. No. Yes. So Lotus has been under the ownership of Geely, that Chinese company since 2017. Okay. Because they weren't doing well. Uh, and it has already demonstrated its intent to launch uh, electric stuff with the Evija. Uh, Evija? Sure. Vidya hypercar. However, uh-huh. that is a car that costs 2.4 million pounds and only 130 examples will ever be built. So that never really seemed to me like Lotus's shtick right. was making like these hyper million. You know, you had Lotus Esprit, the Elise, the Exige, all these cars that were kind of still attainable, kind of attainable. Yeah. Um, the Evora is that they make now is a hundred thousand dollars starting at ninety six thousand yeah. dollars. The old Elise in like 2010, not that long ago, 42 grand. Yeah, like it was something that you could actually think about buying. Absolutely. Um, first of all, the, the Vigia is a stupid name for a car, too. I, it is. Vigia. The Vigia. It, it must mean something, but I don't even care what it means. Vigazzle. Um, the company's... <laughs> It'll be the, the com- Vigazzle edition of the Vigia. <laughs> the company's CEO, Phil Popham, has suge- suggested that the next generation of Lotus sports cars will skip hybrid technology and follow the path set out by the Vigia, going straight, fully electric. Speaking of exclusively to Auto Express, Popham told us, quote... One thing we do believe in is in the future of battery electric vehicles, and our intention is to offer Bev on all Bev on all our. <laughs> Did he say Bev? I hope he said Bev. Uh, offer Bev on all our products in the future. <laughs> Bev is really well suited to sports cars. She is a great woman. <laughs> Bev, good old Bev. <laughs> the torque characteristics, the weight distribution, design, and flexibility of dynamics. For me, it all leads to Bev as the ultimate technology for sports cars. No, hey, no, he's it, a, oh, of course he's going to say that. This is propaganda. Well, it's yeah, propaganda he has all to the sell way. what he's. He's not wrong that making. the the weight distribution is nice. You know, down low, it really keeps the center of gravity yeah, down. The problem is but there's, there's so of much it. of it. That's like a <laughs> that's like saying that a fat person crawling around on the ground has a the weight distribution is nice. Look at her center of gravity. She's just so low. She's not blowing away at this current time. She's just <laughs> laying there. Look, look, she's just there. <laughs> Bev is a big woman, unfortunately. Yeah, I, I would rather have you. Uh-huh. As, I mean, your center of gravity is very low, right? Compared to the fat lady laying on the I'm ground. I'm a sports car, Chris. You I are, am a sports st- car. <laughs> you're still a sports car. I much rather. <laughs> have you than the fat one laying on the ground even though her center of gravity is lower all right so uh this is an interesting article <laughs> okay mercedes this is just the headline mercedes-benz customer flies from richmond to germany to complain about his unsafe car now this seems like the ultimate version of i'm gonna write a letter oh Doesn't this it seem is like the, this is yeah like the karen meme you know like oh the karen always talking to the boss uh, karen is, wants to talk to the manager of mercedes ultimate karen behavior for sure yes the owner of a $155,000 car was so incensed with the service he got from Richmond's Mercedes-Benz dealership that he flew all the way to luxury car giant's German headquarters just to complain. <laughs> Tatong Yang bought his wife, Zhu Fang Hao, the new S550 model sedan in 2017. That's basically the, I think there's an S600 too. Okay. Maybe, I'm not sure. Um, this is the, I sat in one of these things at the auto show. Yeah. You, the auto show's loud, right? It's like, yeah. It's just people just like talking. <laughs> all, just, 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 then you close the bank vault door. And, you, and it's like, 
<laughs> it's so absolutely quiet. Anyway, because the couple perceived it to be one of the safest luxury cars on the road, that's why they bought it. A year later, the couple claimed the car's steering wheel locked while it was being driven west 41st Avenue in Vancouver, causing it apparently to get within a foot of a concrete wall. The vehicle, which reportedly only has... Do you know why that happens? When you remove the key, the steering lock happens. <laughs> the, the, well, the, there's an explanation. Okay. Um, had only, it only had 6,400 kilometers on it, which is what? What is that? 33,000 miles or something like that? Okay. Um, on the clock, what, it was eventually towed to Mercedes-Benz Richmond Service Center the next day for repairs. The fault, according to Mercedes-Benz, was, quote, internal electrical issue in the power steering rack and pinion gear, which yeah. it says was fixed when the power steering rack was replaced. That's comforting. Ugh. Why... Can, why can't we just have a steering wheel uh-huh. that's attached to a shaft okay. that goes to you. a pinion uh-huh. gear uh-huh. that, you know how this works, right? So there's gears on the rack yep. and there's a gear on the shaft. When you turn it, it turns the steering rack back and forth. I like this idea. It's very simple. Yeah. And it's really important that this is simple because this is an integral part of being able to control the vehicle. Turns out. Yeah. What I'm Here's what I'm... I'm thinking though, Chris, it could be because there is still always manual override these, even if it like the electric system stops or if your hydraulic fluid goes out, well, it can be very hard and discombobulating when you have full assist and then all of a sudden nothing. Uh, yeah, in a in a Mercedes in an S five fifty. Yeah, I'm sure think? it's quite heavy. I'm sure so it's I absolutely brutal. The with some probably twenty inch wheels. I, and I doubt the steering actually locked. You could I'm be right. skeptical. I just think all of a sudden the assist went to nothing, and it was basically impossible to turn. Although if you're driving along at thirty miles an hour, you would think it wouldn't be an issue. It wouldn't be that bad. So I'm going to say I think. However, it I think it locked. I think the there was hum- some this sort of did happen on the Hummer before, where the power steering pump went out, and I was mid corner with like one hand on the wheel, and all of a sudden the power steering went out and i was like oh my goodness however the couple refused to believe the car was safe to drive and demanded their money back or a replacement vehicle which i get six thousand four hundred kilometers on the car not many you know isn't that a law in most places like the no, lemon law no thing? lemon law has to be the same thing happens like three times really and then it's considered a lemon three oh. diff- not even the same thing three separate repairs three separate major repairs you can apply for a lemon replacement okay um, which i got denied on my wagon Oh. Even though I'd spent $300,000 on random Volkswagens over the last 20 years, it wasn't enough. I wasn't a good enough customer to, to take <laughs> care of. Thank you, Volkswagen. <clears throat> Still salty about that. Okay, so Mercedes-Benz said no. Okay. So Ho, the registered owner of the vehicle, filed a lawsuit in 2019 claiming damages mentally and financially. Okay. Okay. Hold up. Okay. <laughs> what are your mental damages? Well, what are this? the damages financially even? F- financial? Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's under they, warranty. There were no damages. With the court wrangle going nowhere, obviously because it's a bullshit lawsuit, Yang decided to take matters into his own hands and in January this year, jumped on a flight to Mercedes-Benz office in Stuttgart. And then what? What are you going to do? Knock there, on the door? with the help of a German friend, Yang pleaded his case with the company representative before getting a tour of the impressive headquarters. <laughs> They go, oh, okay, guy, here, get, you, can come, come along, you can have a free tour. You can have a free tour. He that? told the Richmond News he went there to find justice, not only for him, <laughs> but other drivers. <laughs> Yang did not make any progress. <laughs> and only received an email saying they would look into the matter. Uh-huh. The current question has been sitting unused in the couple's garage. I'll take it. Yeah. I'll, 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 I'll take it. No According kidding. to his lawsuit against Mercedes-Benz, Canada, the mechanical failures caused her and her husband considerable mental distress and anxiety. Something tells me this guy might have trouble affording the car payment on this thing, mm. is what's going on here. Including fear for their family's safety and the safety of the general public. 
It further, ale- further alleges, this is the stupidest lawsuit ever, that Mercedes-Benz, after fixing the fault, was unable to ensure the plaintiff that the defect causing the failure had been repaired or that the failure would not reoccur. What do you mean? They said, all right, it's fixed. Apparently not. Apparently they, they need would, to prove they that would it's not, not going to happen again. They wouldn't guarantee it, which is, of course, you can't guarantee it. Right. This is a machine. Machines right. break. Who wow. claims that the vehicle she purchased was unreliable, unsafe, and does not provide the peace in mind of a luxury vehicle? As such, she alleges that Mercedes-Benz Canada breached its warranty of fitness. I don't know what that means. And the vehicle was not reliable and safe and has potentially fatal defect. Blah, 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 blah. Unspecified uh, amounts. In reply to the lawsuit, Mercedes-Benz said it replaced the power steering gear and attempted to return the vehicle to Wow while providing her with a verbal explanation of the issue of the pair. Two months or so later, he's still not satisfied. Mercedes said it provided her with an additional written explanation. Not enough. It denied the vehicle. It has denied that the vehicle's warranty had been breached and claims that the vehicle is fit to drive. None of the allegations have been proven in court. Dun dun. <laughs> <laughs> dun dun. <laughs> oh, did I not have that sound effect ready? Uh, so uh, good for this guy with his totally. No, not crazy, really. No, not totally not crazy good. Fucking lawsuit that's just out of control. All right, guys, we've got uh, no more news for you, but I want to let you know on Monday, Lane Skelton is coming on the podcast. Now yes. he is the founder of Driving While Awesome and. Uh, uh, Radwood. Yep. So we're going to talk to him about all things Radwood, all things driving will awesome. All things rad. All things rad. It's going to be a good time. Also, I want to remind you guys, if you don't already, hit that subscribe button so we can annoy you on a weekly basis. <laughs> and uh, please leave us a five-star review. We would really, really appreciate that. We will see you guys on Monday. Take care. You don't know how much I need you. Why? Constantly Oh somebody kill me please